chance on here. Pulisic picks up the loose ball and he could be in. Christian Pulisic for Chelsea, 1-0. Quick thinking by Alisson, and if Salah could lift it, still Salah, Salah! The Ghost Goal Podcast. The group stage of the Euro 2021 tournament has come to a close. There's been some surprises and some not so big surprises, but uh, the overall verdict seems to be who wants to win this shit? Because, uh, I'm not seeing many teams out there that uh, are really making a case for themselves. I'm Alex, here with Javier. Welcome to the Ghost Skull Podcast. A ton to there, talk about there, There's There's today. a couple teams that are putting their names out there. Alex, you're, you're Italy. Your Italy's uh, shown up to this tournament. They've, they're probably the team that's looked most exciting and most... Uh, you know, like attacking that you didn't expect. I'd say they're the biggest surprise so far um, from this group stage. And then uh, Belgium, Belgium. All, both of those teams won all three of their group stage games and pretty both easily. Both of our quote dark horse teams yes. with uh, a very with intense, intense dark sarcastic yes. quotes on them. Um, but those both of those teams look like they want to win the tournament. Um, and then, I mean, I guess you can throw Holland in there, but they're not going to win. So. Well, I mean, you say that, but both Italy and Belgium, they have the very unfortunate reality of being on the the, the the side of death, let's call it. It's not the group of death anymore. It's the side of death for the bracket. One half of the bracket has three very clear uh, favorites, two of which are England and Germany, and they're facing each other in the round of 16. So there will only be one of them by the time it gets to the quarterfinals. Oh, we didn't, we didn't tell people, we didn't tell people spoilers, but we're just diving right into it. We don't need we don't need to tell spoilers. I mean, it's it's news. Yeah, it's you're right. There. You're right. It's, everyone uh, knows. Everyone knows the matchup. If you're listening to this, we're literally recapping and previewing the following uh, like round of games. So I'm just saying that for Holland, they're on the side of the the bracket that you know everyone's going to look at first glance and think it's well set up for them to reach at least a semifinal. Meanwhile, for Italy and Belgium, our two again quote dark horse picks. Uh, they're they're going to have to get through the have world champions and and or yeah exactly so they're probably going to have to face each other and most very you know possibly in the next round who knows no uh, no surprises there uh, but so how do how do you want to do this because I, I personally think we can go ahead and just preview each of the uh, the the round of sixteen games one by one yeah, and maybe talk we about don't, some exactly more than we don't have to we can like talk about the results that they had while we're previewing the games. We're basically pulling from the the second and third group games as our main sources of you know data or you know reflection on these teams. Uh, so I, I think far. it's so. important to note in international tournaments. Um, so there's a couple things that generally at every international tournament don't matter and people think matter. Um, one is like your form going into the tournament. It people. A lot of it's like a hullabaloo. There's teams that have won like six, seven games, like a bunch of friendlies before and scored a bunch of goals and then like get been knocked out in group stages. Or there's teams that have been, you know, dreadful before in group stages uh, or in the friendlies and then done well in the tournament. Um, and then number two, your form in the group stage doesn't necessarily 
equate to like what you're going to look like for the rest of the tournament. Um, obviously, like yeah, it's two different phases for a reason. Yes. So like like obviously a tournament you want to like build on it. Your team generally you try to build on your performances and gain momentum. And but momentum is a huge thing in a in a knockout tournament competition, especially one that just happens quickly in a month. Like in the Champions League, it's a little harder. Like you can have momentum in a group stage because it's kind of like every couple of weeks, and then but then there's like a couple month break. So you, there can be a break in your momentum. But in these tournaments, it really is all about like racking up a few wins in a row and just going undefeated and just going on a run um and i think that type that is very like important as opposed to like sputtering through the group stage uh, but like i just said before portugal in the last euros i mean they just drew their three group stage games squeaked by in third and then ended up winning the whole thing so you know you don't know but you know they showed a lot of heart to to get those three draws um coming from behind so uh, it just some things to keep in mind when we're going over these results and like talking about what what we think is going to happen in the future in this tournament. Okay, well, that's a good preamble to what we're about to do because there's uh, eight games to preview. First of which will start Saturday at noon in Amsterdam, Wales, and Denmark. So in terms of like the full slate, I feel like pretty much every game. I mean, maybe there's one or two examples of this not being true but pretty much every game is like very evenly matched and like evenly poised and i was taking a look at the uh the odds on this and for some reason it says wales are uh plus 420 underdogs on fanduel do you agree with that because i mean as good as denmark looked in that russia game i don't think wales are anywhere near as bad as as russia have been i know they got the win against finland but like I really feel like Wales have kind Denmark of you know, have got really their shit established themselves like this. I, I don't know. Den- Wales kind of squeaked by in the group stages. Um, they, I don't know. Did they? I mean, they beat Turkey pretty convincingly. Yeah, but Turkey Ra- Turkey Ramsey lost every Bale game. Look like they're playing well together. Turkey lost every game they played. Um, they missed a lot of chances against. Uh, that was a horrible dark horse pick for me. By the way, I take full uh, full. Yeah, full yeah, the shit reason for we're that. doing this, Javier, is that you don't you don't have to do that. The reason we're doing the preview. No, uh, no, no, no. I, I got <laughs> so I got to eat some shit for the for the crap <laughs> performance from Turkey. But honestly, you were not the only person I heard saying Turkey were going to do well. But. Anyway, the, the 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 point with Denmark, I think, is that they have momentum. They have, you know, that that thing with Ericsson propelled them to win their next two games um, after losing against Finland. No. They they lost to Belgium. They went ahead very early against Belgium and then uh, gave up the lead. And then oh, only sorry, got you're the, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, they yeah. only got second place in the very last game, beating Russia four one. And uh, honestly, I. I Okay, I think Denmark deserved to go through. They're a very good example of your theory, Javier, that you know you it doesn't necessarily matter whether you win every game in the group or like remain, uh, you know, without a loss in the group. As long as you build up and you're in the right group to sort of still stay in the fight, like Denmark have been with you know two close home losses in the first two games to uh, Finland. We obviously know what happened there, and then. Uh, to Belgium after showing good signs for most of the match and just sort of succumbing to the the overall like quality and talent of that squad when De Bruyne came on. They get kind of a gift against Russia after the, the 2-0 goal. I mean, they were already up 1-0, so obviously they deserved the lead. It was a beautiful goal. But the, the 2-0 goal was a pass back from one of the Russian defenders that was just a gift and just sent Denmark on their way to winning that 4-1. I, I just don't want to get too like ahead of ourselves and, and just sort of make Denmark 
you know, put them back on the pedestal. Well, yeah, I, I, I have to uh, like apologize to Wales because I, I had a Wales not going through um, and they did get through. I don't and think many of us did. And I mean, yeah, <laughs> they, like the Czech Republic. They, they played decent. I mean, you saw especially Aaron Ramsey becoming, you know, he's their protagonist again, where especially in that last game, you know, he, he played super well, got his goal. Um, I think got two goals, right? Um, in, in the in the game that they won and they put in a good performance against Italy. I mean, you know, only losing one nil to a team that had blown away the other teams in the group three nil. I think that's 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 a good you know it's a good performance from Wales. And they were also fortunate to play them in the third game when when they didn't care as much. Like yeah, through. and yeah. they played a bunch of their 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 bench players. So in the end, I, I think Denmark are just a more. I think they're like a better passing side. They're, they're they're a better side in possession, and then defensively, they're just phenomenal. I think they're one of the best defensive teams in the tournament. And for that reason, I think I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to pick Denmark to to narrowly beat Wales. But I, I think it would, it's going to be like one one or and like go to extra time and maybe like penalties or, um, but I think that it's going to be you know a, a really close match and defensive and there's not going to be a lot of goals. I think Wales are going to sit back, let Denmark have the ball, try to play on the counterattack um, with like Ramsey and Bale and Daniel James. And you know they've got they've got a lot of pace on that in that in that front three, because um, because Ramsey's basically been playing like center like a center forward almost, um, and then, and they've been playing that um, big striker Kiefer Moore right, or yeah, I, I I can also I can got I can kind of understand like mentioning or sort of thinking of De- Denmark as you know the the major favorites in this matchup, but I really do think it's closer. No, than but that. yeah, it's not. It's not a plus four twenty. I think that that might be a good yeah. a good bet if you want to if you want to make some money. If you want to make some money, value, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put week. a narrow Denmark win. I'm gonna say it's like one one and and you know like either Denmark get an extra time or penalties type thing. Yeah. So if you're interested in that, then uh, the tie is plus two ten. Uh, so. I mean, if it goes to penalties, uh, which I kind of feel like this is uh, destined to, or at least someone, you know, wins it in extra time, like you mentioned, I'll go with Denmark, too. I'll, I'll pick them, but I'm, I, I think, just didn't I just, like that. I just think they have the, the momentum, they're, and they're not going to yeah. have lost it. Like, I think they have the momentum, especially with a big 4-1 win coming into this game. Yeah, but re- remember, they're not playing Wales are coming off a loss. Anymore. I know they're not. They're, they're, I one, know. Of the, they're playing, one of the teams Amsterdam that is the, Amsterdam's not too far. Amsterdam is not, not too far. That's true. Um, you okay, know that so the their fans are going to show up day. there, so yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, it's not that hard to get there from Wales either. You know, it's two trains: one from Wales to London, and then one from London. I don't know, or like a. a All right, we spent way too much time there. on that game anyway. It's a good game, though. It's a very evenly matched one. The Italy Austria one should be a bit more uh, straightforward. My worries about Italy, despite picking them as a dark horse, this game, by the way, will be Saturday at three p.m. later in the day uh, at Wembley. But my worries about Italy aren't necessarily in regards to them playing teams like Austria. I feel like they should still just be able to handle their business against Austria. They've got a very good thing going with a much more attacking yeah, system but, than we've seen Italy play before. But, but like, I, I, I think, still just I think disrespect being a little Austria. Bit, I think Austria were in no, a bad group and they took advantage of, you know, two teams that decided not to show up against them, Ukraine and North Macedonia. I, I, and even I North don't, Macedonia I don't really, more of a fight I don't Ukraine. really agree with that. Um, I actually think that... I'm, I'm just thinking 2-0. I really Is underestimated Austria. I, 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 no, I don't think it's going to be... I don't think I'm going to predict Austria here, but they're plus 60 underdogs. Um, so that's like a huge underdog. And I don't think that they're that big underdogs. I, I've been surprised with how good 
Number one, they've been defensively. You know, they've got, they've been playing Alaba at left back, um, and then they've got that Hinteregger, Dragovic, center, two center backs. Both of them play in Bundes in the Bundesliga, and so does Liner. They've even played Alaba at center back. They played him at center back in the which I know he plays there for Bayern, but they played him there in the middle of a back three against uh, Holland in the second game. Um, and then and, and then they the, didn't really the two, look like they were the in two that players game. who've really surprised me and I've liked have been uh, was Baumgartner. Uh, the 21 year old who plays for uh, Hoffenheim he's just he's just an electric player and looks really good I'm sure he's going to end up on a bigger club one day um, and then Sabitzer who uh, you know in the preview I said you know he's going to was going to be one of the main men for Austria but he's been phenomenal as well in the, so far in this tournament so um, I don't think it's going to be an easy game the, Austria keep the ball surprisingly really well they have really good possession and I don't think Italy's quite played a team like them yet this tournament so I think it's going to be close. Yes, they have, and that team is Switzerland, and they absolutely demolish them. Swiss, Granted, Switzerland don't play like you, Austria. Austria are much more attacking I, than them. They are. They are. They're just. They keep the ball better. They don't. I'm just saying the level of players in the squad. Sure, it's around. Sure, the same. it's a similar level of players. I agree, but I think that they play very different, and there's, they're going to get a goal. I think against this Italy team, who um, have been perfect so far, have not conceded yet, but I think that Austria do, and I think it's going to be like two one Italy. I'm going to say 2-0 Italy because it's that truly elite pace and uh, transition in the counterattacks from, you know, the favorites like France and, uh, you know, teams like that. that if Italy get a clean sheet, that, that it's going to be 1-0. For it's going to be 1-0. Like, I don't think they're going to score two goals. I think it's going to take a I, lot, a lot I think for them to... they're definitely going to score two goals. Okay. The, 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 the nil or conceding one is the part I will be I will be impressed me. if they, like, have a handy 2-0 Three 0 win against Austria because I don't think Austria are an easy team to beat, and I think they've shown that they're much better Verratti than what people only just came back thought for them in the third game, and they didn't even start Locatelli. Uh, I mean, they started Jorginho in that game, but they can. No, I know they started like Belotti and a bunch of their like backups and stuff. Yeah, yeah. They, they can go back to Jorginho, Verratti, and either Locatelli or Barella. It's actually kind of a headache if you're uh, if <laughs> if you're Mancini, like because Verratti's back, he's like a senior player, he's very experienced and an excellent player. Like you should just put him right back in the squad. But Locatelli, Barella, and Jorginho looked amazing in those first two games together without him. So I don't know which way. I, I'll probably go back, lean towards Verratti, and leave uh, Barella out uh, just because of how well the the, the wide players and uh, Immobile are playing. So. I think that's, that's going to end up being too much for uh, Austria. It's just going to be a tight little 2-0 win. Um, you said 2-1 for Italy. All right, uh, moving on. Sunday, 12 p.m., Holland and Czech Republic will meet in uh, Budapest in Hungary. So how confident are you that Holland will get to a semifinal? I know they'll beat the Czech Republic here. Um, the Czechs did show up in the group stage. I think you I sure predicted them. I predicted them to finish bottom and I know they played, they played very well in their first two games. They looked really composed on the ball. They had that beautiful goal from Patrick Schick. But I also think that from what I saw against England, they don't have it against top teams. And I think Holland has gotten to that echelon where they're back to being like not a top five team in the world, but they're probably maybe top 10, maybe or top 15 for sure. Um, so I think that the Czech Republic are going to have to, you know, have an, a crazy performance. Schick, Schick is really the only one who you, you have to worry about. And you could tell in that game against England, where England won 1-0, that 
they they just kept the handle on Patrick Schick, and you know they really did keep Czech Republic mostly quiet. It wasn't the a glamorous win from England, um, but the Czech Republic didn't impress me at all. And I think Holland are going to get like one nil, two nil win. And they, I mean, they they played really well in their group, surprisingly, wouldn't you say? Then don't you think that Holland looked better no. in their group, or do you think their group was just think, trash? I think them and Italy are the the two biggest. Uh, proponents of the, the the home boost this uh, this tournament. There are some teams that have not taken advantage of that, and there are others who have. And those two teams, it's the reason I worry for them a little bit going into the knockout rounds. Because you know, other than England, who I think I, I mentioned in the preview, in this entire tournament, if they make a run to the final, they'll have had to have played one game away from Wembley, and that game will be at Rome. Uh, so, uh, like. These other teams are not going to have that uh, advantage because obviously the semifinals and final are at Wembley. They're going to have to start traveling a bit now. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying they can't go away. They can't win a game away from their home stadium and they're not good enough to. It's just that that advantage, it's hard to quantify, especially with fans back in the arena. I could definitely feel it against uh, Ukraine for most of that that first game. I just worry for both those teams. I'm, I'm too concerned about like, the I, I weaknesses. Think, I think what worries me about Holland is that, like, yes, Wijnaldum's been scoring goals. They've been, they have two goals from Dumfries. But like that's not gonna last. That's not gonna get you through to like the through the knockout rounds against much better teams. Um, so I think that that's where like you might get a Wijnaldum goal. But right now their strikers aren't scoring. You know, they're well, Depay is, but against you know Austria and North Macedonia. Yeah, it's just like it's not super impressive for me yet from this team. But I need to see. Yeah, I need to see the strikers and the wingers getting in more. Um, and I, I, I want to see like a decisive, I think this is probably the, I'm, I'm hesitant to say this is the easiest group stage game. According to the odds, the Austria, Italy is the easy, easiest group stage games. Like Austria is the biggest underdog, but I, I, I would I, agree with that one, but okay, th- this one has, I would agree with that Austria, Italy game being like the easiest to pick this Netherlands Czech Republic game while pretty kind of easy is not completely easy. Cause I think what you kind of forget to mention about that Czech Republic England game so the Czech Republic had four points. Is the last stage of the of the group uh, or last day of uh, the the group stage games? I know they didn't end up getting second, which they would have wanted, but I think just keeping that game tight and trying to like nick an equalizer and get themselves, you know, uh, like a point right at the end was not the worst move. This is a different competition altogether. You've mentioned how it's, it's the approach is completely night and day from going from the group stage to the knockouts. I just think Czech Republic. I don't think it's just Schick who's playing well. Like we're not getting like goals and highlights from the likes of Suchek and Sufal and Alex Kral in midfield. And but they're playing well, yeah, you're right. Players, but they are playing well and they are keeping games close. They they, they hung with uh, Croatia and got the one-one with Croatia for uh, the entire game like a couple of days it's, ago. Uh, so th- that midfielder Dorita, um, who plays yeah, for Hertha Berlin, the captain. Yeah, he's been he's been very good. Um, everything kind of runs through him. And yeah, I like I like how he's played, uh, and yeah, Suchek's been fantastic as well, like you said. But I'm just not sure. I like him for a two-one. I like uh, or I like Holland for a two-one, but I think it's a close two-one. Okay, okay. I'm gonna say two-nil Holland. Well, enough of that light work. Let's get to the big guns: Belgium, Portugal, Sunday, 3 p.m. You've given up on Portugal, Javier? Is it just the like you're you're sticking with your Belgium pick? I know you're gonna pick Belgium. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna pick Belgium. 
I just ignore the fact that Portugal were in a group with France and Germany. No, for no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to ignore that. <laughs> I'm not going to ignore that. I understand that. I just, for me, their back line, what I saw against Germany and what I saw against France, it was so easy for Mbappe to get in behind. It was so easy for Gosens and for, you know, Nabri and Kimmich. And it, it, it was insane how, how many times they that Portugal back line got, you know, defensively breached um, by both of those teams. And Belgium are a similar level team. Like, you know they're they're and then what's 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 for they're, what, they're the, forwards their attacking players are similar now hold on just wait I think that's an important distinction it's not just their forwards now um i was going to say oh, i'm sorry that the thing, jan vertongen toby alderweireld okay and like okay those those players are better than like denier, are better than like Pepe. are they denier is not how, how bad. many of those how many of those players were playing in champions league this year pepe uh, pepe got to a champions league quarter for final Leon. this year he used to play for manchester city okay i mean have you seen some of his fuck-ups uh he was the one who had the fuck up in the denmark game that led to them scoring like a minute in Bo- he passed Bo- it boyata to boyata plays for hertha berlin they're not they're they're a decent team in germany um and then yeah okay so those players this, this i feel like we don't even, we shouldn't even need to talk about this but those players are not the level of lukaku to Bruyne, ha- uh, not obviously not, right and now. that's why that's like I'm just saying they're top heavy. Okay, okay, and that's that's a weakness against this Portugal side because this Portugal side w- is going to sit back and defend against Belgium because they are the underdogs. It's plus two hundred if you want okay, to pick Portugal like, right now. You, I would get on. But that you know they just okay, like you know they just rested Tielemans. Like Tielemans just didn't play in their last game. Yeah, cool. Okay, but like they weren't even trying in the last group stage game. Like you're like you're not considering that they easily yeah, were they, able to get out Finland. of the groups. They had Finland no, in the last game. I know, and they were able to give they were able to give Hazard 90 minutes. De Bruyne looks like he's the best player in the tournament right they just now. Used it as a warm up game for the for the knockout stage. That's, that's all they used it for. Who, they haven't been truly tested who, yet. Who looks better they than played, De Bruyne they right a now? Denmark team that were fresh off one of their teammates almost dying. Who looks better than like, De Bruyne right now though? In the tournament, like who do you think Lukaku also looks really good? Yeah, Lukaku looks really good. I, but I, again, I, okay, I don't want this to be misconstrued as me like not thinking Belgium like, can you know put on some more performances like they did at the last World Cup. Obviously, they are capable. I just think at the back, if they're not the uh, the, the the underdog per se, I think Belgium are going to struggle a little bit in these uh, in these knockout rounds. As that space gets a little bit more limited for Lukaku to run at players and try and hit people on the counter, his impact becomes a little bit lesser. He's still going to have a huge uh, impact on this game, and he you know he could just boss Pepe. But the other the other I, I think I think like Portugal, kind of like, bright. What, what, Point, and now you're going to be like, this is still top heavy. Like, but like that kid, Jeremy Doku, like he looks filthy. Um, uh, I think he plays for like Anderlecht. I, I think he might. He might come no, off the bench. For, uh, he plays. He plays for Ren. Uh, for he Ren, yeah, from uh, Anderlecht. Okay, he was in the Champions League last year. He, he's he's 19 player, years but... old, but like, okay, but like, listen, players like that. I don't know. Hey, when you can develop a player like that in a tournament, and then maybe he goes on and gets like a goal or an assist in one of these knockout round games, I don't know. I think Belgium are on the up still, um, and I think Portugal. I don't think they're like on the down, but I think that they're 
they have a, a few aging stars that they're going to have to replace. I know that like Diaz, Look, the, they're still okay, a young side. On, Portugal are because, a young side. You're saying that because the fact of the matter is Portugal won their first game and they haven't won since. And we haven't talked about that Germany game uh, since it happened right after no, yeah, our it's, last. Talk. It's because they've been. They've, I, they've I think conceded those were very six specific circumstances that led to them losing four two. They were playing in Munich against a Germany team that had their backs up against the wall. They just lost to France a few days earlier and. Uh, we, I talked to you about this uh, just via text talking about it, that Fernando Sh- uh, Santos, their uh, manager, he just like refused to adapt to the 3-4-3 that Germany were playing. Like, Everyone could see that Robin Gosens was just absolutely tearing them up you, on that wing. You don't think that, like, a problem like, that, a problem like that's going to plague them in the knockout rounds like against so like, that, Belgium? It worry, okay, it worries me that he didn't uh, like adapt or adjust the system to that. But at the same time, <laughs> like... I still think when it's like backs against the wall time now in the knockout rounds, that was still the second group game for Portugal. Uh, you know, there was still a little wiggle room there, and they've obviously gotten through. I also think the next like Coutu- anyway. Coutuois is a much better goalkeeper. Um, I think so. I think defensively, Belgium are better. I think. I think defensively. No, but it's not about it's not about who's better on paper. It's about and then I think in the midfield in what like situation the game I th- takes. I think like, in the midfield they also have better players. So they because they have De Bruyne and Tielemans. So and then attacking wise they have better players. So I literally think everywhere across the pitch they have better players. Like maybe attacking wise it's actually probably the closest. Portugal are also extremely top heavy where they have no, like favor, they I have like Portugal's defense and midfield. Over, no, it's over not. Belgium's. No, it's not. Why? Because they have Ruben Dias. But like Pepe's looked horrible during the tournament. Like the, the so is Nelson Semedo. Like they don't have they have two very bad defenders in that back line. Like yeah, they're good going so forward. The, the Semedo thing, right? I'm not going to try and claim he's been good because he hasn't. But again, I think that's been more system than it has been. It's been more based on the system than it has been based on the, the players' individual performances. They just kept him like tucked in really tight to the center backs against Germany. Also, just, just the fact Gosens that the, the fact that like to like a bunch into. of the the goals that Portugal have scored are been penalties. Like that's not going to continue. Like you're not going to keep getting unless you're, you're sure about that. Well, unless you're. Um, Do you remember the last Euros? Do you remember Renato Sanchez? Uh, you know, slowly, slowly ramping up, as you like to say, and uh, getting better and better as the tournament went on. That was it's like, happening that, again yeah, that was here. that was a positive from Renato? Germany. Yeah, they finally started Renato in France and in, in the France game, and he looked good. They looked he was like, excellent. Yeah, they looked like they had great, creativity on the ball. Yeah, absolutely. He was he was probably one of their best players, um, and that's definitely a huge positive coming into this game. You know, to see what he can do in that midfield. But I seriously think that you, you got to see. Okay, sorry. The the one other thing I, we have to make sure about Portugal other than the system is I've been complaining to you about them starting both William Carvalho and Danilo Pereira. People have been complaining about that even coming into the tournament. But today against France, they finally went away from that. They started Danilo. Uh, they rested Bruno uh, Fernandes and they, like you said, started Renato Sanchez. I would like to see that same Danilo Renato Sanchez uh, combo as the sort of deeper midfielders, allowing Renato, forward to, Renato Sanchez to go forward a bit more and be more of a box-to-box role. And then have Bruno Fernandez starting from the beginning. That's a whole different, like, sort of chemistry in midfield, uh, which I think they're going to need. They're going to need to have the, that right blend of, you know, defensive fortitude. And I, I, I think both teams are like both direct. teams are very very similar. And I think Ronaldo's obviously still the talisman for Portugal. I just think De Bruyne's the best player in the tournament right now, and I think that his form is going to be what what carries them through this game. So I'm going to say two one Belgium. I'm going to say 2-1 Portugal. 
plus 200 for Portugal. Belgium plus 145 is not bad either. If, it, like, if it's 2-1 Portugal, 100% Ronaldo scored a penalty. Oh, yeah. I mean, if Portugal go through, I, I mean, actually, just throw a bet on Ronaldo to score a penalty anyway. Just do it. <laughs> All right, that's enough about that one. Uh, another, three. another game that actually looks very interesting and is two sort of underachieving sides for this tournament is Croatia and Spain, which will kick off Monday at 12 p.m. That's going to be played in Copenhagen. Yeah, both had kind I mean, of like... Both these teams are fresh off their like first wins of the tournament. I was tournament, about to say, both, both, both needed last last day wins to get, get through to the group state. Both had one point going into the last day, and... You know, both got nice emphatic wins um, over Scotland and Slovakia, but how much does that really tell us? Um, you know, Spain needed a own goal um, after missing a, a Morata first half penalty to really go ahead in that Slovakia game. It was really a lot tighter than five 0 Once Slovakia went down, the gates kind of just like opened up, and Spain just thrashed them. But I don't know about the Spain side, man. Like I don't, I don't trust them. I'm kind of want to predict a, an upset here and think that Croatia are huge underdogs in this, and I, I kind of think it's disrespectful to them. It, I was, I was going to say, it really annoys me that Croatia are plus five hundred, and I think, it, I think it's kind of a trap. I think bookies would like people to have that mindset of that's a trap, like or not, it's a trap. That they would like people to have that mindset of like, how dare they? Croatia went to the World Cup final, throw money on Croatia, you know. And then lose it. I would still say I would still say pick Croatia to go through, just because like, what what team has Spain played so far that has been able to match them in midfield? No one. No, and 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 I think that their forwards are playing so badly right now. Moreno missed a penalty. Morata missed a penalty. I mean, they they. For, for I think Torres coming on and getting a goal and maybe maybe getting a little bit of momentum, that's going to be their bright start. I think they have to start Ferran Torres in this game. I don't think he's gotten in, integrated enough into the team. I think you got to bench Morata. Uh, I don't know why he loves Morata so much. I just don't think it's going to happen at this point. He's I think all three games. Yeah, but I think you start. I think you start keep playing him. I think you start Moreno. I think you start Ferran Torres, and then you know you start your your and Pedri Sarabia. Uh, yeah, Sarabia as well. Sarabia, Sarabia Pedri, Pe- Pedri also. I, I, I'm a big fan of. Pe- Pedri's been playing in midfield a bit if, more. If I do worry if about he, if he starts something like that, some team like that, then I'm more confident in their ability to beat this Croatia side. But I think if he starts like Morata and I don't know, I, I think Spain are very good defensively. Though I think it's going to be really hard to break them down and to get goals against this team. Like they've barely, like they've never. They've- every every team that's been playing against Spain so far has been, you know, kind of feeding off crumbs. Like Croatia are actually, they should at least actually get a foothold in the game, and it should be a bit more of a back and forth. Like each team having control of the possession and momentum for uh, five to ten to fifteen minute periods throughout the game, and then going back to each other because no team can really uh, keep up a a like an intense press right now. Like there are there are a bunch of different factors for that reason, but everything kind of needs to be done in spurts. And you know, some teams have been able to have success with that, and others haven't been able to uh, to, to do it enough, really. So, I, I think Croatia they're they're tr- they're trending in the right direction, as crazy as that sounds. With Spain coming off a five 0 win, I, I agree with you. The floodgates kind of open there. Croatia had like a legitimately difficult final fixture against the Scotland team that was still very much you know. Uh, in, in it to to try and qualify if they had won that game they were playing at uh, Hamden Park in uh, Scotland's second home game of the, the tournament 
like I said, Scotland need to win in Croatia. It was close for the majority of it, but their quality just sort of shone through at the end. Excellent Luka Modric goal. Like the yeah, beautiful Trevella, laser beam. Yeah. The outside of the right foot to sort of curve it around the defender and pass the keeper. It was a beautiful goal. It just makes me think, you know, I don't think Croatia are going on a run in this tournament, but I think they're, they could be back enough to uh, pull off a, a sneaky win against Spain. And I'm actually going to say they're going to pull that off in uh, in regular time. I don't think there's going to be any uh, extra time or anything. See, you know, I was going to predict, I was gonna predict to do with the Croatia to go through as well. So that's kind of funny that we both had them have them going through, even though Spain are the heavy favorites here. But I will say if Spain, like start Ferran Torres, start Pedri... It's a big if. I mean, Pedri will start, but um, we we don't know. It's kind of hard to to decide what Spain's lineup is going to be. Yeah, I think Ray should go through too. I don't. I and and this is this is. I just think that they're they're a more experienced side. The Spain is still. The, he, he's tweaked the lineup a bunch every game. Like, other than their back line, it doesn't seem like they have a set lineup. Um, and. They don't have a. They don't have. They've missed their last five penalties in a row. Spain has there, and it's been four different penalty Even takers. Back line, there's been some changes. So, I, mean, I know Laporte started, and but Aspilicueta came in today. Yeah, you're right. You're right. There's even playing, been some changes. So I don't. I mean, I'm. I'm not sure what the team's going to look like. I think if Aspilicueta starts as well, that he looked really good today. I think that could be another another factor that if he starts, I think that he could. He could. Do you think? Do you think Luis Enrique listens to this podcast? Because you know he's stuck with his uh, his four three three. For those first two games, didn't get a win. Do you think maybe he like listened to the, the the Ghost Goal preview pod about Spain? Heard me throw out that suggestion of the the back three with Espliqueta right center back. Yeah, they look they look really good with that. Alba left wing back, and I think it was Sarabia who was kind of in more of like an attacking right wing back role. It wasn't like a true three four three, but it was like or three a three five two. But it was like it would kind of shift into that at times against Slovakia, and again that's Slovakia. It's not the same as Croatia, but. I think it's promising, but I, I just don't think they've figured out their best team that has like the most confidence to play even against a, an aging Croatia side. So, uh, do you have any score prediction for that, or just think generally Croatia go through? I'm gonna say one one regular time, and then two one Croatia in extra time. I'm gonna say two one regular time Croatia. I think they can do right. it. So later that day on Monday, uh, France Switzerland. Uh, this is probably what I, I can't force myself to do it. France are going to win this one. Uh, Switzerland have been very underwhelming at this tournament. Yeah, I kind of think I France them are going to win go too. Through. I picked them to get second in that group. They came out in third. They were the, the top or the second place third uh, team of the four that got out of their groups and never really had a moment other than other than against Turkey, which everyone has beaten Turkey basically. Uh, where they looked like they were they were playing well. It was kind of a struggle against Wales. They were a little unlucky, but overall 1-1 kind of seemed like the, the right result. And then they just managed to beat up on Turkey on the last day to seal their, their, their qualifying place. So the plus 600 for Switzerland... I think that's kind of fitting. Maybe it's closer, and France only win like one nil. No, like I they, think this is the biggest. I think yeah, it, they they probably are. I think this is going to be like a tight. I was about to say tight two nil, but then again, France they have a different element to them now. I mean, Benzema running in behind with Mbappe. They're it kind of seems like the team is adapting right now. You could tell in the group stage that they weren't used to playing with Benzema up top, and it wasn't really until the the game today 
where I, I started seeing more combinations. Benzema got a brace. Funny enough, in that Benzema penalty... I'm not going to mention Benzema's penalty. Uh, no, I was, about to say, fu- I was about to say, funny enough, in the Benzema penalty, Pepe, his old teammate at Real Madrid, was telling the goalie, the Portuguese goalie, Rui Patricio, like, he's he always goes to, like, to his left. So, like, you're right. And he, he told him, like... 15 times you can see on the replay like he's screaming at him and he why, goes why he exactly there before? no he did he walked up to him before and told him like, like he's got ronaldo i'm sure cristiano ronaldo knows benzema's uh technique as well <laughs> no they everyone was telling him and then the the taylor twelman the commentator in espn was like he's gone to the, in the same place four times in a row um and pepe freaked the hell out after benzema scored the penalty was like why didn't you listen to me like he was like in shock that his goalkeeper didn't go there goalkeeper went to the other the other side and it wasn't even that great of a penalty he probably could have saved it if he went on to the to the side to the right side um but anyway um yeah yeah go watch it on the replay it's 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 pretty funny but yeah i think france win pretty easily here uh i don't think switzerland I could see it being close to like the 70th minute, like nil nil, and then France just get a couple of goals once the Swiss right. Swiss team tires that's, out. That's what I'm thinking. It could be a close game that just sort of ends like one or two nil, and I don't think that would be the worst ending to Switzerland's tournament. It was kind of, they're, they're, I mean, I'm sure they want to go through, but uh, I don't. I'm sure they don't think they can actually, you know, do much in this tournament. But I mean, this is also a team in Switzerland that started the last World Cup in 2018 with a very hard-fought 1-1 draw with Brazil, who were one of the tournament favorites. So they have the ability to, uh, you know, against, quote, bigger sides, they can, you know, dig in defensively oh, and, and oh, make they, it a scrap. They got so. so lucky in that game, but yes. I don't know about that. They played pretty well. There was one Coutinho curler from that was like a filthy goal that, that they conceded. So they only conceded, they only conceded a banger in that game. Uh, what, what would you, so you're you're saying two nil, France? Yeah, two nil, France. Yeah, I'll go. Uh, I'll go two nil as well. England and Germany, Tuesday, twelve p.m. It's at Wembley. I know what you're going to do here, Alex. What What do you think I'm going to do? You're going to predict Germany because you hate England. Okay, make make the case for Germany. Okay, I can make a case for Germany. Ah, that draw against Hungary, though. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, all hype about Germany is feeding off only the Portugal game, which I have already established was a tactical fuck up by Portugal. Yeah, and then and, you like know, it deserved win uh, for Germany, but it was very much system oriented. It goes against every fiber of my being, but because I can't trust like any team on this side of the bracket. Also, there are there are Germany they're in, or Holland. They're in in England that, at Wembley. It. It's the tiebreaker. The, 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 I can't trust any of them. I hate to pick any of them to go far or deep in, in that side of the you bracket. You don't think Kai Whether Havertz, who's now scored in back-to-back games, is looking you know dope right now? Gosens, Kimmich. I, I just think that... They're playing... The, okay, there's some the good players game, right now for Germany. The way it's I not think like, the game is going to play out is that Germany are going to be the ones on the ball more. And I think England are going to maybe not accept that. They'll obviously try to have their own possession and control the game as well. But I think it's going to play out kind of similarly to the Croatia game that started the group. I think what's been shocking to me is is how bad defensively Germany have been with it. Right. They've been awful. They've been terrible. And their midfield midfield is just obvious weakness on the right side. Not only that, their midfield is just fucking like the Gundogan Cruz midfield. Like. You can just run right through them, and like, if you get through that midfield, you have like Ginter, Hummels, and then like Rudiger's quick, but like Hummels and Ginter yep. are both like 
you know, slow as so sh- nails. Uh, so, so we do have to mention that uh, it's probably a doubt that Mason Mount is going to play in this game because uh, you know since the last pod we recorded, England yeah, played they, against Scotland. They really didn't Billy miss Gilmore him. Tested positive for they just, COVID nineteen. Jack Grealish and they he, and they arbitrarily just uh, made Mason Mount and. Ben Chilwell isolate because they like walked up to Billy Gilmore after the game, and even though they didn't make any of the Scotland team isolate, they just arbitrarily made those two Chelsea players for England uh, isolate, and they won't get out of isolation until midnight the night before this game. So they will not have been in training with the team. They won't be working on like defensive structure and formation or anything. So I think that kind of rules Mason Mount. I I don't know if Chilwell he's not going to start anyway. It'll be Shaw or Trippier, but Mason Mount will probably not play. But even without him, that left side of England's is probably their best strength going forward with, you know, Raheem Sterling, Luke Shaw, and now it looks like Jack Grealish is going to be starting in uh, Mason Mount's uh, place. I don't, I don't think there's that much of a drop off there in Bukayo terms of like how Saka, well they played Man of the match, wing. Alex. Bukayo but Saka was God. playing on the right. I'm, I'm just talking like solely about their left yeah, wing going against Sancho. Germany's right side of defense. We already have England's next Kimmich, right wing God, Saka. You got to hold up for one sec. Germany's right side, Kimmich at right wing back, obviously a great player, but he's more concerned with getting into the midfield and helping out Gundogan and, and Cruz. He's not really concerned with like trying to actually defend on the right. If you can push him back with Shaw coming from a deeper area, then you have him push back and that sort of like negates any attacking threat or threatened possession that Germany have because all of a sudden you've got Kimmich much deeper than he wants to be having to defend rather than doing what he wants to do. Then behind him, you've got Ginter, who you've already mentioned. Not had a terrible tournament, but you know, not the paciest, not the, the, the best in quality in this Germany team. And then a very slow and, and old Mats Hummels in the middle of that back three, plus the midfield. I, I hate to say it because I really want England to lose this game, but I think they're going to win it. I think they're going to win 2-1. And I think it's going to be one of the games of the knockout round. I think it's going to be a great game. Not a ton of goals, but three goals in England go through. And, and if they go through, I was about to say, leaves... no, I actually think it's going to be a ton of goals. I think it's going to be like 3-2. Even though, wow. like, okay. even, even though well, Southgate, me, even though Southgate, they haven't conceded yet. England in this tournament, I think they've been kind of lucky to not concede. Um, but defensively, they've looked good. They got Harry Maguire back, so I think that's one area where like the England do look really good. Henderson got, you know, uh, Rice came off at halftime, and then Henderson got played half, played a half. So all of those signs, getting Maguire and Henderson back, I think all point. Also, it being in England, all of those things point to me for England winning this game. They have their captain back. Um, I think it's going to be a big enough boost. Um, but yeah, I think England go through. Dude, I, I wouldn't even be mad at Southgate for keeping that lineup from the Czech Republic game and keeping Saka in the in the lineup. Saka won man of the match. He's, he, yeah, I think I he has he's to earned, play him. He's earned that that uh, responsibility. Like it's impossible not to start off him. defensively. Yeah, he dude. can transition okay, them that from was, defense to that attack. That was the one like thing I was going to say. Like because you were texting me and 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 saying to me like why isn't Sancho starting but like Jaden Sancho isn't tracking back 40 yards down the field and making like a last ditch tackle when Czech Republic were about to score like Schick was coming in at the back post and Saka's fucking tracking back and the last defender in the box like as a right winger J- Sancho's not doing that so that's why he's starting and I think like he has that defensive work rate because he's played across you know he's played left and right back for Arsenal he's yeah, played in midfield I, again he can play the, the in the left and the right wing issue for England Breaking down parked buses has been, and Jaden Sancho has the keys to do that. 
I think I think if you want to yeah, but I think if you want to if you want to play like an attacking right back like Kyle Walker or Reese James, I think Kyle Walker's not an attacking right back. He's a defensive right back. Well, the way he plays for England, he he does go forward. Like he attacks. He's one of the main attacking outlets when he plays right back for for England. So. Kyle Walker is just a faster Aspilicueta to me, like like serviceable and going forward. But, you know, you don't want him being like a right wing back. You want him as like a right center back or a right back outright. And he can do everything like as an he can do everything in like an eight out of ten, which is great. Like you need those players in your team. But I mean, there are better attacking right backs for England. I think Reese James is one of them. But yeah, for this game, I think you start Walker, Shaw, left back. Maguire came back for that Czech Republic game. Looked very good. Uh, he, I mean, I, I agree with you. There's gonna be a lot. Of, there's gonna be a lot of goals because Kai Havertz and that the pace in that Germany front line could for sure get it. Uh, Walker and Maguire, but you never know. We may see England uh, all of a sudden shift to a yeah, three-four-three. Yeah, also three, Leroy sort of Sané. Leroy Sané played ninety minutes, and I know he didn't get a goal in this last game, but he should have gotten a couple of goals against Hungary. And um, I kind of, I kind of fancy him for for having a go um, at whoever's playing left back for England, either Shaw or Trippier or yeah, Chilwell if he somehow gets it. But whoever plays left back, I think is going to get you know ransacked by uh, Kimmich and Leroy Sané. So what's your pick? Uh, I said, I said England. I think I'm going to say three. Like I said, three to England. We're breaking the cardinal rule, Javier. We did it. We're we're counting out the Germans. The first rule of tournament football is don't count out the Germans. I don't know. They didn't get out of the group stage of the last World Cup, so they kind of broke that. Yeah, but they got out of a group this time with Portugal and France. So barely, they squeaked they by with the draw from they Hungary. Went, they went ahead of Portugal. If they lost, if they didn't get the the eighty fourth minute equalizer from Gretzka, they were going out of the tournament. Yeah, that's true. Okay, I'll stick with my England two one. I, I don't like it, but I'll stick with it. And last, and definitely least, Sweden Ukraine. Tuesday, definitely next Tuesday, yes. 3 p.m. <laughs> this is the two <laughs> minutes or the uh, or the Wales Denmark game right. that are uh, la- right. last at least. I would like to call this the Alex is a a god at predictions bowl. Uh, oh because my! God. These are my two teams. The, you're you're right. I Alex. I had as like the underdogs that we could you know do something in the group, come out and maybe you know win a knockout game. Now one of them is guaranteed to win a knockout game. I just don't know which one. <laughs> and I actually kind of need you to help me make up my mind. I actually like, think it's kind of you... easy. I actually think it's kind of you easy. You think it's Sweden? I think it's like easily Sweden. I think Ukraine, they had a really good first game. Um, but I think in these last two games, they've kind of showed me, especially this last game that they played against, um, I think it was Austria, right? Where they just, they got blown off the pitch. Yeah. And they just oh played so badly. I was so, that, I was so annoyed at them. Um, and then for me, I think Sweden, I didn't realize that they didn't have Kulishevsky for the first two games of the tournament, that he had the positive right. COVID test. Um, once he got on the pitch for Sweden, I know that they kind of like let up a couple of goals and you know and it ended up having a last minute winner but they didn't even need a result in that game they were already qualified going into that last game so for them to go and win that game at the end win the group which i don't think any of us expected even you that's that exceeded even your expectations of how good the sweden team would be for me i think they're the clear i loved how how good isak was in the three games and like kuleshevsky he's obviously going to start in this game against ukraine and i don't think they have anything to to handle um the speed and the physicality that 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 those two bring to that front line um and then emil forsberg i mean i i, I talked about him on the on the last pod you kind of joked about him being a, a washed up ozil but the dude's ba- hey, hey, the hey, dude's hey. banging in I goals said that right in the now preview pod and not the not the, the the last one the last one we they were they had already played a game 
I was, uh, I mean, give him all his respect. I just like I, Forsberg doesn't play as much for Leipzig. That's why I make Ozil jokes. He already kind of plays like Ozil. I think it's going to be like role. three, one Sweden. Yeah. You've kind of convinced me not to overthink it. Stick with Sweden, stick with the dependability of, you know, that defensive shape. Ukraine, they, they, they're another team that have had spurts where they look very good, just like that comeback in Amsterdam. Um, and then th- the first half against North Macedonia. And then they've had like spells of the rest of those games where you're surprised that they look as bad as they do. Like they don't want to get on the ball that like at all. They don't press at all. They drop back as deep as they can, even though they have yeah, they very don't, good they don't, players they, like Malinovsky from Atalanta and Zinchenko, who's been playing really well. Uh, and there's a Man City player who's used to playing that kind of style. Shevchenko just has them sit off and just try to get on set pieces or on a quick counterattack. And they don't really have like the pace or directness to really make anyone hurt on those counterattacks, consistently at least. So I think it's going to be close. I don't think it'll be easy uh, for Sweden, but I, I think they'll win. I think they'll win 2-1. I think you're right. The Isaac, I think Isaac needs the, he needs like the, the Alexander Isaac game, the game that he actually scores and, you know, terrorizes a defense. And this is the kind of matchup that he can, you know, easily do that in because um, he's played well, but he hasn't gotten on the score sheet yet. So we'll see. Ukraine are plus 220 and uh, Sweden are plus 140. I'd probably stay away from the, the Ukraine pick, like we just both said, and just go with the plus 140 for Sweden. You know, it's not like a, it's not big money, but. You know, you can make some money on it. So, yeah, I'll stick with Sweden. So NCAA tournament bracket style. Let's pick a final four. You got 16 teams. Who's in your final four? We've got the bracket in front of us. If you guys want to take a look at it, just yeah, uh, I'm, uh, look it up on Wikipedia. It's well it's well laid out there with, you know, where all the so I think, games so are I think it goes. So I think it goes Belgium, Portugal. I have, I have Belgium winning. And then I think I have Italy winning. So it'd be Italy, Belgium. Oh, that's going to be a tough one, man. Maybe I don't know. Go through it match by I match. I don't know how that's going to go. Gonna, I'm but just going to. I think I'm going to pick Belgium. I'm going to go Belgium in that side of the bracket. Um, I'm going to go France, Belgium um, on that side, and then on the other side, I think England beats beat Germany, and then they beat Sweden, and then so I think they get they get through the semifinals, um, and then I have just give your final four the just Dutch, the, final the four. Dutch, yeah. So I've got England, Holland. Belgium and France. Same thing, but instead of Belgium, I have Portugal. All right. That's fair. That's fair. We'll see how that plays out. I, I hate to do it because uh, Italy are on that side of the bracket as well, but I just see. I don't want to pick a winner yet until we teams. see all these, not, like the first round of knockouts, and then, you know, we'll. Yeah, we'll come we'll back and do a, another yeah. pod for uh, after the round of 16, exactly. looking ahead to the quarterfinals. But Javier, thanks for jumping on uh, the pod with me to preview all of these round of 16 games. Enjoy the rest of the Euros knockout games this weekend. You can follow us on social media at ASMOS92 for my Twitter and Instagram, at JavierRev9 for Javier's Twitter, and at GoSkullPod for the podcast socials. I think we're going to do a Copa America after this group stage. Um, so right now they're about halfway through yeah. it. I think once we finish the group stage, maybe around Sunday, I think is when it's finished. I think we'll do a preview pod for the knockout rounds once we know the matchups and everything there. So um, Argentina looking pretty good right now. Brazil, obviously. Um, Peru, and, uh, okay. Colombia are up 1-0 yeah. against Brazil at the moment. So uh, let's close out the pod there and go watch that. Let's do uh, that. Javier, thanks again. You guys enjoy the football this weekend, and until next time, see ya.